All right, everybody, welcome into episode number 24 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks presented by Section 513. I am your host, Geezer. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Donnie Hester, and producer, Austin Tito James. Uh, we have a very special guest for you guys today. Uh, he is a former classmate of ours. Um, he is the most recent recipient of the MVP trophy of the VRBO Citrus Bowl, uh, North former Northwestern quarterback and Indiana quarterback, Peyton Ramsey. What's up, 12? What's going on, boys? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we know you got a lot of stuff going on, um, so it means a lot to us to be the first big guest, man. We really appreciate it. For sure. It's been a long time coming. I've been waiting for this, uh, for this invite here. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this is going to be the uh, most important interview you have uh, all offseason, even including <laughs> the uh, NFL draft process that you'll inevitably go through. Um, you also are enjoying much better weather than uh, than the boys are in uh, Ohio and Kentucky, just a little bit. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, 80 degrees right now, overlooking the Tampa Bay right now, fucking uh, sitting right here by the water. I know you guys got what? Eight to twelve inches of snow, so I'm chilling down here in the in the sun. Yeah, that I just made me so mad. Here <laughs> in eighty degrees. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen sunshine. I think in maybe a week and a half. So yeah. I kind of I kind of forget what that looks like. Yeah, um, man, I'm nice and I'm nice and tan and bronzed up right now. There you yeah. go. So you, uh, so I was reading an article. You are actually down in Florida training for the NFL draft, correct? Yeah, I'm in Tampa. I was. Uh, I was in Dallas for a little bit for a, for a little all-star game, and then I came back for a weekend or so, and then I was back on a plane, and I went out to, to Hawaii uh, for a week. That was uh, also beautiful, first time in Hawaii. And then uh, and I'm back here in Tampa for about two and a half more weeks until uh, pro day on, on March 9th. All right. That's awesome. So the so you were in, so what, two senior bowls then, Dallas and – Hawaii. Hawaii. Yep. So what were those? What were those bowl games like for you? Uh, they were they were good, man. It was good to kind of stack yourself up against some guys that you know are in the same boat as you. Um, I think overall I was around probably eight to ten other quarterbacks that are coming out. Um, there were six of us in Hawaii and about four or five of us in uh, down in Dallas. So you know it's cool to, to kind of get out and. You know, see where you stack up with some of the guys that are coming out in the, in the same draft as you. And um, felt really good about my performance at both of them. And, uh, you know, now it's, you know, now that that's out of the way, it's kind of just pro day. And um, after that, you got the draft and, and then the rest will be history after that. Yeah, I got you. That's awesome. Uh, so all right. are you actually, uh, is pro day actually at Northwestern or is that going to be like virtual or what's that going to look like? Oh, yeah. Pro days are our typical pro days, but that's, this year, that is the only thing that, that NFL teams can do. They can't have you on to their facility. They can't uh, typically, you know, so I'm training with 16 other guys down here in Florida. And typically, you could hold a, another mini pro day down here at our facility. But the only place that college scouts are allowed to visit are on campus um, at, at the pro day. So it'll be your typical pro day. But, uh, but other than that, like, obviously, without the combine, our pro days are going to kind of turn into – a lot bigger than what they typically are. That's awesome. Um, so have you had any of those weird uh, NFL draft questions yet? You know, like how like you'll see in like movies and like prospects will talk about it. What's the weirdest question you've got so far, if you can tell us? 
Yeah, so far it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been anything too crazy. Um, most of them have been kind of football specific, but they'll do their best to kind of throw you through a loop. So, uh, for example, I was talking to I forget what team, but they asked me who who the quarterback that I kind of look up to and watch watch on film the most, and, and I told him Russell Wilson is a guy that I like to you know try to compare myself to a little bit, and uh, so he comes back with a question. Uh, you know, if you were if you were drafted by the Seahawks, what would you tell Russell Wilson that he has to do better? Um, <laughs> how would you coach Russell Wilson? I kind of just try to, um, you know, does Russell know how to golf? Does he, you know, just something that isn't related to football? Because that's kind of what they're looking for. They're just seeing how you respond to those difficult, difficult questions and put you in the most awkward situations. Another one. Um, they asked me if I were, if I'm at a stop sign, do I prefer to be the first car at the stop sign, or do I prefer to be at the in the middle or in the very back of the pack of, of cars at the stop sign? Um, so yeah, it's just weird things that they try to do that that they just want to see how you answer it. And more than anything, as long as you're you're fluid and you're articulate with your answer, that's that's really all that matters. I mean, the stop sign question's wild. I'm still like wrapping my mind around like, how's it? Why does that matter at all? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter at all. They, they just kind of want to see how how you respond to weird questions when you're put in. And I think for quarterbacks, it's it's more than anything. just make you think on your feet a little bit and, and ask you a weird question. What kind? Uh, I didn't get this one, but another guy got. Um, if you could be any fruit, like if you were to grow on a tree, what fruit would you want to be? Um, but yeah, those, those questions are real and almost impossible to pre- prepare for because you, you don't really know which weird question is coming your way. Yeah, I was about to say like how you can't prepare for that, and but I'll put you on the spot right now. What fruit would you be? Uh, I would think I would be an orange. Um, I don't really know why, but, uh, you know, Sunshine State, for one, love being out here in Florida. I think that's kind of, I think that's the route I would take if I got that, that question. You know what I mean? I would. Yeah, kind of right. Back to a personal experience or, or something. Along hey, I was about to say, yeah, I have some experience in the Citrus Bowl. You just yeah. exactly. lay that out there and be like, yeah. Something. <laughs> oh, yeah, Citrus Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big deal or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Um, so, so going into this year, obviously no graduate transfer from Indiana going to Northwestern, uh, what was college football like this year, especially college too, with all the COVID stuff, because I know the big tens, you know, policies and everything were kind of crazy compared to some of the other conferences. Fucking insane was what you meant to say, geese. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah. The big 10, uh, I didn't really know what they wanted to do. Um, I think they wanted to follow somebody else's lead, but, but felt like they had to make a, a decision on their own, um, which is whatever. And, and we dealt with it and we got through it. It was a different season for sure. Uh, just with no fans in the stands. And I think more than anything, uh, what the typical fan doesn't really see is, is the release from football. Um, you know, restaurants weren't open. And even if they were, you got to be careful about we're getting tested every day yeah um you have to be careful about where you go and uh thinking of being smart about getting a haircut and just doing all those all those small things that 
that are typical of a college football season. You don't get to see your, your parents and your families and your girlfriends after the game. It's uh, it's a difficult thing. And uh, I think that was harder than the actual not having fans in the stadium. I mean, obviously, yeah, they had a, a huge element to the game and, and this and that. But us, you know, for guys who have been in it for so long, I think being able to step away from the game um, is something that we all really look forward to. And that, that, that piece of college football was gone this year yeah definitely i mean it was weird just being a i can only imagine what it was like you know for you as for all of the players because i mean for fans too it was just weird you know most places like you said no fans and then you know obviously all the stuff outside of you know football is it yeah we played so we played we played one game the michigan state game our parents were even allowed in the stadium so there was nobody there wasn't a soul in the stadium other than us in michigan state was the weirdest Weirdest thing that I've ever, I've ever experienced. Well, so, so I was going to ask you, Peyton, the whole COVID thing had to be tough, but then for you, you're transitioning into a new school and a new program, new staff, new players. How, how hard was that? Yeah, it was, it was impossible. Like I didn't know faces. I didn't know names. I didn't know the offense. I didn't know my way around campus. I, I didn't know anything. And, uh, that was the hardest part. It was, it was just trying to get to know people and learning the offense is one thing, but like just getting to know the guys in the locker room um, and just texting guys and FaceTiming guys that you don't even know and introducing yourself is uh, is a really weird thing. Um, but you know, it, they were welcoming. Uh, it, it was a very like-minded atmosphere. To to I would compare it to Elder in a way. Uh, you know. <laughs> Everybody got along and just enjoyed being together, and uh, it was just a fun, safe place to to enjoy playing football and enjoying each other in a locker room. So it was it was uh, Northwestern was a very very special place, and uh, it did remind me a lot of home uh, in Elder High School. So it was cool. So is that like is that fits his? Um, I mean that's just him, right? That's a program he's built. That's the true. Um, talk yeah, about playing for fits. Yeah. Fitz is, Fitz is the man. He, uh, he he truly is awesome. One of the best people, best coaches that I've ever played for. Um, and like you said, he's built it up to, to where it is now. He's been there 16 years, I think, and he just signed a, another 10-year deal. I mean, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to die on the sideline. I mean, he, he, loves, <laughs> he loves Northwestern with all his heart. And uh, like you said, he built that culture of what it is, and he recruits good guys. Um and it really, like I said, it's a like-minded atmosphere, and uh, guys really enjoyed playing for him. So it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. So, um, so your family, though, outside of the Michigan State game, was able to be in the stands, correct? Yeah, except for one week where they had COVID. Okay. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> so was it kind of like did uh did Doug ever like scream at you like he would in high school if you made a mistake and you could like hear him? So not only are you probably getting it from whatever your office coordinator, QB coach on the sideline, you hear you hear Doug yelling at you from the stands. Nah, Doug didn't yell at me too much. <laughs> uh, game day. He kind of he left that to the coaches. I mean, uh, you know, you can ask anybody in my family, or you can ask ask McKenna or my brothers, or my sisters. He gets into it. He's not yelling at me, but he'll yell at the refs. He'll yell at. I, you name it, he'll, he'll get upset about something, but uh, I don't hear it, at least. And uh, he, he leaves. He, he usually leaves that to the coaches, but, uh, but you know how he is. 
He yeah, I was about to say, you expect nothing less. What's that? I said he gets frustrated with the refs? That's oh. like, wow. I don't think the full, I don't think we've ever seen that. I've never, I've, yeah, I've never seen him get upset about anything like that. Uh, so you mentioned, so speaking of, speaking of your family, does ESPN know that you actually have a sister? Because when, because whenever they show, naturally they do the whole graphic where you're named after Peyton, uh, Tanner's named after Joe Montana, and Drew's named after Drew Brees, correct? It's Drew Brees? Yes. Okay. Uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Bledsoe, sorry. I mean, obviously, being around your family, you know, being around Tanner at OU, I always felt so bad for Carly because, like, she just never got any love from ESPN. So I just had to, I had to ask, like, did ESPN like ever pose the question, like, no, it's just the three boys. We don't have another. Sister. We don't have a sister. <laughs> first of all, don't feel bad for Carly. <laughs> <laughs> she always, she always found a way to make that that story about her in some in some way. But no, uh, actually. I forget what game it was. It might have been the Michigan game my junior year. Holly Rowe, she was a sideline reporter, and she had asked if I had a sister, and I think she did something special for Carly. I think uh, it was our, it would have been our, our senior year, my redshirt junior year. Uh, I think she gave Carly a big shout-out. I don't know. I don't watch the games on TV, but, uh, but she said she was going to. So I think ESPN finally came around. It was later in my career, but she finally Shout out. <laughs> took took him a little bit. Took him a yeah. little bit. Um, so I do have another question. So I, I'm not gonna lie. I spent the last probably two and a half hours before we did this interview going back, watch rewatching the Indiana Ohio State game from I think it's your freshman year, where you kind of got you got some social media love because it well it looked like Richard Legault was flicking you off on the sidelines when you guys were going over like hand signals or whatnot. What uh, when you got back, like you know, game's over, you're in the locker room. Like, was your phone blowing up? Like, dude, was he really flicking you off? Yeah, yeah. So my phone, it was. It was the first thing I came across when I got back into the locker room and uh, saw the picture. I mean, clear as day. Looks like he's flipping me off. I mean, <laughs> but uh, he has. He had the. We all have the um, like the molded, custom molded mouthpieces. Mm-hmm. So he had a clear mouth. He had a clear mouthpiece in his hand, and he was just flinging it around and he was holding it up like this i guess with his middle finger out and it looked like he was you couldn't even see the mouthpiece in his in his fingers but he just had it in his fingers looked like he was flipping me off yeah i was like that was a cool little uh cool little introduction to barstool for sure <laughs> that, oh, i mean i would imagine yeah so peyton um out of all the awards you've gained in high school and college why is the MVP of the Old Oaken Bucket your favorite award? Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to move that to my second favorite award. I think my favorite award is, is being named the team captain. But the Old Oaken Bucket, um, I mean, rivalry games are sweet, right? I mean, rivalry games are, are, are kind of why we play, and they're super hyped up, sometimes bigger than what they really are. Um, in our case, Indiana and Purdue. Um, probably only a big game to the people in, in the state of Indiana. That's, I mean, let's face it. That's, that's just what it is. Um, but rivalry games are cool and, uh, just the opportunity to, to be successful. And I, I mean, I, I don't like Purdue at all. You learn to, you learn to hate your rival throughout the course of your career. And 
you know, all the traditions that come with, with rivalry games. So uh, that was a special one because it was my last game at IU, you know, and uh, I had a great journey, a great career throughout my, my four years there. And, uh, you know, to be the MVP of that one and, and to walk away and, you know, with a good memory, my best foot forward playing that game is, uh, is a special moment. Yeah, that game was wild, by the way. It was a double overtime game. You had the game-winning touchdown. And that was a game I'm sure you remember quite well. Purdue was making the most ridiculous catches. Like, they shouldn't even have been in the game. And they had yeah. some great catches. There's a, a downpour. Um, yeah. In the, in the first half, Fjord was just a mud pit. And then they're just launching 30-yard posts, and they're snagging it with one hand. It was, yeah. it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, that was an awesome game. Was that your most – what would you say your most memorable college game at either schools? Um, which What was your most memorable game to play in? You know, I think uh, it's that same year at Indiana, my last year at IU. Uh, we played we played in Nebraska. Um, that, was, that was my first start uh, after not – not my first start, but that was one of my – one of the first ones after being benched. Um, we came in and we clinched a bowl game. Uh, and I was named I was named captain for the rest of the year after that game and uh, the locker room after that game. It was just and, and winning at Nebraska uh, after you know the whole week in the media, their coaches and their players had kind of uh, not given us a ton of respect, and then and then to go in there and beat them and celebrate and then be named team captain after that was just uh, that's one that'll stick with me for a really long time. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so uh, I do hit. All right, so let's move forward to let's let's go back to Northwestern days. Um, the uh, so obviously this year everybody kind of had that extra year of eligibility if they chose to, if they want to come back and play another year if they wanted to leave. Was that was the decision to leave Northwestern and declare for the NFL draft was like the stay or go? Like was that closer or was that like some like was it fifty fifty? Like what was the deciding factor between? deciding to declare compared to coming yeah. back year. Um, I was ready to go. Uh, I really was. And uh, spending six years in college, uh, that's a long time. And I, you know, if I, I thought about this. If I would have come back, um, I would have turned 24 during the season next year. And uh, I think at some point, that's just, that's just too old to be playing college football. And, um, I think bigger than that. I had been playing for a long time. You know, it's not. You know, I played as a redshirt freshman. It's not like this is my only season playing. Yeah. I played a lot. I played a lot of football and uh, experienced a lot, and uh, made it to the Big Ten championship. And I just felt like it was, it was the right time to try to move forward. And uh, I don't regret anything in my career. So it was, uh, you know, a partially, you know, I'm old and I'm ready to move on. But another part of me was, you know happy with the success that I've had and, and just ready to ready to move on. Yes, so, you just, you so just didn't want to be not a role yes. model? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, say that one more time. I said Brandon Whedon, not a role model. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, more power to him, uh, but that's just not the route that I was trying to take. Um, now, I don't know if this is still correct or not, but Alex uh, Spanos, that's how you pronounce his last name? The Northwestern, yes, the Northwestern strength coach who is, I mean, he's a viral sensation. He's a nut. What is his personality like? I mean, I didn't really see him on the sidelines that much this year, 
but like he's you know famous for wearing like the super tight shirt in like 10 degree weather up in you know chicago yeah what you see is what you get like he <laughs> that's that is not fake none of nothing about his sideline antics is fake fake juice at all i mean he is like that 24 7 <laughs> five, in the, five in the morning on a monday or on game day i mean he is just as as juiced up he'll rub We'll be in the summer practice, and he'll want to get a, a better tan, so he'll he'll cover his arms with olive oil <laughs> and just lay out with his shirt off. And I mean, he's he's a special character, man. He's he's different than anybody I've ever been around. And, uh, he is like that 24/7. What other coach at uh, at Northwestern was was he your most memorable coach? Or I know uh, you and um, how do you Mike Bakajin? Bajakian. Bajakian. You guys just call him Jack, right? We call him Jake. Jake. Okay. He that was his first year going in Northwestern, right? Yeah, he was at uh, he was at Boston College. He was in the NFL for a little bit. He coached Jameis uh, with the Bucks. Um, he was at he was at UC for a while uh, when when Calaris was there. Okay. Um, he was the OC for a couple years with with Calaris, and he was at Tennessee. He's been all over the place, but yeah. Yeah, so you guys kind of went in together. Did you guys kind of help each other uh, get molded into Fitz's program? Yeah, that's my. I mean, Coach Jake is awesome. Um, really, really awesome, dude. And I felt like since we were both going through it together, you know, the whole COVID, the first year, yada, yada, I mean, we, we kind of relied on each other heavily. And uh, beyond grateful for him and, and that opportunity. But, uh, yeah, we, we did really develop a, a special relationship. Um, so what is the, uh, so I'm assuming at these senior bowls, you get to talk to potentially some NFL scouts or whatnot. What is the one thing that, you know, you were trying as, you know, as a player to work on, obviously you want to get better just overall, but was there one aspect of your game that maybe a scout said you needed to work on a little bit more than any others? Like what, what was some of the feedback you got? Yeah, I think, uh, I think just consistently making, uh, the deep, the deep throw, um, you know, throughout, throughout my career, I've, I've been accurate and got the ball out of my hands and always had a really high completion percentage. Um, I, I never really threw the ball down the field a ton. Um, when I did, I had some success later in my year, later in my years, my career. Um, but that's just something that they can, they want to see continually, even if it's a route routes on air and just proving that I have the arm strength. Um, yeah. to make all the throws on the field is, is something that I thought I've gotten a lot better at. And, and I, I do think I've proved that at the senior bowls too. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, the game I got on behind me, you threw a couple of dots in that. And I remember you had a throw, I forget who it was too. Uh, in that Wisconsin game that was, I mean, I was watching the game. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I jumped off the couch, like fist pump, like, all right, 12. Yeah, it was a dime. <laughs> um, it- have you had a chance to uh, thank the people at uh, footballreference.com for making the uh, completion minimums on completion percentage record for the Big Ten all time so high that your record is probably now unbreakable? Yeah, I love it. Number one all time. Uh, what What is the minimum for number of throws for that? I, I remember I looked at it before the bowl games, and I think the minimum was still like double of what Fields had at Ohio State. So – you know, you, you're going to have to come across a four-year quarterback to, to be able to There's touch. no doubt. 
Yeah, I think it's like I think it might be close to like 900 throws or something like that, which is that's a solid three seasons worth of pass attempts. No, oh, definitely. Um, all right, I I personally have one more question. Um, now, do you need a coach to help you how to slide? Because if there's one thing that I have always Tanner was always in my ear about whenever we were watching games together, you'd be like, dude, he doesn't know how to slide. So, do you need help sliding? I think I'm a great slider. <laughs> um, the, the Illinois game, I had one of the best slides, I think, ever, of all time. Uh, I glided right through a puddle. Uh, no, you're right, though. I, uh, I've gotten better throughout the course of my career, but uh, I never played baseball. Like I gave up baseball at such a young age that I just am not a good slider. It's just awkward to watch. Well, you know, if you want, if instead of, you know, a, like a throwing coach or whatever, if you want a sliding coach, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly help you out if I need to. You're my guy? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be your guy. All right, for sure. I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be in your little entourage. What do you charge for that? <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, I'll be free, man. I'll do it for free. We'll pay you. The same amount that I pay him to be on this podcast. It, it, see, there you go. <laughs> A hundred thousand dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't have I don't have any other questions. Diane, do you have any I other questions? I just got one more. I want to talk about uh, the Citrus Bowl. We love that. Okay. We love that game on this podcast. So Absolutely. going in your guys' last drive in the third quarter, uh, Auburn's kind of going went on a little run, and you get the ball. I believe it's third down, and that's when you threw that dime across the middle. Uh, I think it was like a thirty yard pass, and then later in that drive you had the the 30-yard touchdown run. What did you say going in that drive? Because then after that, the game was over. You guys just ran away with it. Yeah, I think that that drive, you're spot on. They had, they had kind of made a little run back, and uh, points were necessary on that drive. I forget what the score was. I think we were up. It was a one-possession game at that point, for sure. And um, we, needed, we needed points. We needed to regain a little bit of momentum. Um, and you pointed to that throw. That was my best throw all year, I think. That uh, that one that I made across the middle of the field, um, and uh, the 30-yard run after that, and uh, showed showed some wheels on that one. But uh, you know, we we needed points, and you were. I mean, you're completely right. That's great analysis. Um, we went into that drive knowing we needed to score, and uh, we got it done. Um, a couple big-time plays. Um, I, I know our, our running back had a huge carry on that drive. Just thinking back to it but uh but yeah needed points got a touchdown and, and i mean after that i mean it was over that's why they got me on this podcast man just analysis <laughs> absolutely yeah. he's done no, uh, that's all i got we're doing the the snake draft aren't we geez are we getting an ad read or what's yes next? we are doing a we are going to do a snake draft and uh Peyton definitely has the advantage in the snake draft. I would I would say um, he's probably gonna come away as the winner. Um, but we yeah, will. It might be it might be pretty Big Ten heavy. But, uh, <laughs> I, I can stuff. I I can imagine. Uh, yeah. So Tito, do you have an ad read? Yes, I do. Uh, do you enjoy listening to tailgates and heartbreaks? And you need to check out Section Five One Three. Section Five One Three is Cincinnati's newest sports blog, featuring some writing from all of your favorite personalities on tailgates and heartbreaks. You can get our takes on a range of topics, from sports to anything Cincinnati. Uh, make sure to check out the Daily Don podcast too. You can find it in the same place that you find all of your tailgates and heartbreaks podcasts. 
but make sure to give, give him a listen as well and check out section513.com. That's section513.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you, Tito, for another incredible ad read, as always. Your clap game today is a little bit weak. I'm not going to lie. I can barely hear you on my uh, on my headphones. Um, so we are going to do another snake draft, one of our favorite things to do now. Um, we are, since we have a legend college quarterback here, he's got a lot of uh, experience in playing in some crazy atmospheres. So we're going to do uh, four of our favorite or best uh, college atmospheres. Since he is our guest, we're going to let uh, Peyton go first. Then it's going to be followed by Donnie myself and then tito and i'm sure at some point we will have to remind tito how snake jeff works but Peyton, you can start us off yeah i think uh at number one i think i am going to go uh with penn state um penn state i think does the best job of putting their best shit talkers in the very front row behind the opposing bench um so i mean the people behind the bench i mean and it's so close to uh, the sideline is so close to the opposing fans. Um, I, I'll never forget. They're creative, creative too. So our center was, it was a chilly game. Um, our center was wearing an oven mitt just to keep his hand warm. And uh, one of the fans from the stands, he goes, he's 66. You would be baking cookies on the sideline, you, you fat piece of shit. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just creative. Just, creative things that fans come up with that you're like, man, I, I wish I would have come up with that. But Penn State is uh, is an electric place. Love it. Uh, when they have a wideout, dude, game over. That place yeah. is great. Um, so I'll go next, and I'm just taking this place because I know this is Tito's first pick, Williams Price. Um, I've been there twice. I've seen one win, one loss. Uh, I had to, I think I said this story in the last time, a uh, last pod, but last time I was there, uh, a lady, we won, and the lady was like, hey, congrats on the win, but you better get out of here because you're about to get your ass kicked. So, <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, I had to run out of the stadium, but williams Bryce is a really electric place. Sandstorm can't beat it. Sorry, That's, Tito. No, uh, no surprise the visiting fan loves that atmosphere at night because I don't think we've won a night game since Moses wore short pants, so. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's all right. I'm up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, unlike myself, the college football experiences that I have are UC and uh, Peden Stadium at, o- at Ohio University, so I don't have much going for me. Um, so a lot of it's just visuals. I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech. Uh, they, you know, Metallica, the entry. Uh, whenever they play a night game, it's typically against Clemson. That's whenever they're on Saturday night, uh, primetime football. They do the whole entire. They get the whole walk. I mean, that is. It looks electric. I'd love to go there. I have no skin in in the game. I'm not a hokey fan whatsoever. But I would love to. I'm sure that atmosphere is incredible. All right. All right. For my first pick, uh, since Donnie went South Carolina, I'm gonna take Commonwealth Stadium. I had an absolute blast up there uh, at that night game. We ended up losing, but. Uh, yeah, Donovan, uh, in his infinite wisdom, brought me and Bender decked out the whole South Carolina shit into the student section, and we just got graded for uh, for an entire game. So, that, you know, that was that was pretty cool. Do they still have the coal miner whistle? Absolutely. They have that in the air raid, even though they stopped running the air raid four years ago. 
Wisconsin's run game. It was an all-time November. Harbaugh had to be looking up like, what the hell did I get myself into? So, going with uh, Camp Randall. I'm going with Florida. The Gator Chomp. That's what I'm going with. I'm all upset now. So, I got Virginia Tech and I got Florida. For no other reason than just the Gator Chomp. And then whenever they play Tom Petty. I was I was going to say Tom, Tom Petty. Uh, that's Sports and I hate Florida. Uh, I'm up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Neyland Stadium. Um, Neyland's really cool. Uh, I hate Tennessee more than anything, but every time I go down to Knoxville, I have a good time. Uh, Neyland being, uh, we lost actually that game. That was our best season, and they still beat us. We never beat Tennessee in Tennessee except for this year. But yeah, uh, Neyland when it's rocking, dude, it's better to find a harder atmosphere. Yeah, so uh, so Donnie, you took my only non-Big Ten uh, atmosphere. So I'm gonna uh, here we go back to the Big Ten, and we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go with the Big House. Um, I think the reason that I think the Big House was such a fun atmosphere, we we played them really well. Um, we had a 3:30 kick, so we come out for the second half for winning the game. Uh, the sun had, sun had just set, uh, so it was getting dark. The lights come on, and somewhere in the third quarter, um, started singing Mr. Brightside. The entire stadium started singing it. Uh, we're winning at the time, so it was, we're fired up, man. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome experience. Um, so Michigan at two. For number three, I'm going um, to go Kinnick Stadium at Iowa. Uh, played there this year without fans, and it was – Still an awesome place to play. Um, I had been there previously, and it, I mean, fans are even closer than Penn State. Um, talk even more shit than Penn State. Um, and that wave, that experience, waving to the kids in the hospital, that is, uh, that is in my, my opinion, one of the best traditions in college football. So I'll go, uh, I'll go Kinnick Stadium for number three. Yeah, you don't expect to, like, tear up every time you watch Iowa play football, but it's, like, man, they do that hospital thing. It's it's pretty awesome. Okay, I'm back up. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Brian Daddy. Uh, obviously, I was there for the Kentucky game, and we played down there. And, I mean, they weren't getting up as rowdy for Kentucky, but it was still uh, an awesome atmosphere. I still like to point out that UK scored first. We were winning at Alabama for half a quarter. 
So that's always a good memory. And then we got our final was like 34 to six. So. But yeah, Brian Denny's an awesome place. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Dead Valley. I'm gonna go with LSU. Uh, I'm a huge fan of um, letting the, plan, the band play neck. Um, it reminds me of whenever uh, we tried to do uh, uh, to the window uh, cheer at uh, Elder, which we never could really get all the way through. So I'm going to go with uh, Death Album of LSU. All right. Um, I am going to go ahead and take. I'm going to go with the weird one. I love, I mean, this stems back again to gambling, but Washington State at night is like something. When they, uh, when they're all going nuts, when, well, I mean, obviously it was when Leach was there and they just refused to gain anything less than 20 yards on a play. Um, it's it's one of those things where it almost reminds me of Oklahoma where it feels like when Oklahoma gets going, the fight song never stops. Playing. Like, it's one of those type deals. So I'm going uh, Wazoo at night. And you're up again, buddy. Once again, Tito, classic. All right. Last pick. Um, I'll go ahead and take this. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to take this first one before. Nip at night's pretty awesome. You mother. Um, like, I went to the, the last night game I've been to UC. It was kind of a night game. It was the UCLA game uh, uh, two years ago. No, last, not this past season, but the one before that. Uh, that was like an interesting one because it was closer than it should have been. So people were locked in. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, there's nothing better than being able to drink at a college stadium, which at that, at that time wasn't like that common of a thing. Uh, so I'll go ahead and take dip and night for the last one. Yes. I hit him pencil in on, on the list so I could just ride home with it. Uh, no, I was at the UCF game. Uh, last year, and that was uh, that atmosphere was um, incredible. Um, okay, fourth one. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go with a noon game on Saturday at Peyton Stadium. I wow! Went, I went to I went to uh, I think two noon. I went to two day games there. Uh, one my freshman year, and then I think I went. I think I went one time with Tanner and, and Joe and them. I mean. We snuck in. They snuck in a couple flasks. We were just sitting in the on the hill, basically. But it is a spectacle like no other because literally, I mean, it's almost a sellout. I mean, you get to go to the games for free. You swipe your student ID or whatever. That stadium empties to like 50% after the band plays. It was one of the more incredible things I've ever experienced. I'm like, wait, we're actually watching a pretty decent football game right now, but you're telling me all these people came just for the band? Incredible. I think that alone, sneaky, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, action. What else can you Action. Yep. <laughs> it holds a special place in my heart, kind of like the 2018 Boston Red Sox uh, with uh, Tito. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tito's had a rough morning with Ben Attendee being traded. He's all broken out. Um, my last pick, I'm going to go College Station, Texas A&M. Nicest fans in the world. Uh, when we went down there, they treated us. We didn't pay for a drink the whole weekend. Um, the stadium, it wasn't even close to being filled, but it was still loud. I can't imagine that in a sellout. Um, yeah, just that a great. Is, what's that's that? That's so shocking to hear that they're good hosts because the 
they were the worst team to come up to USC all the time. Yeah, so they said they, they love when like obscure, like far away teams like South Carolina, Kentucky come down. Um, yeah, the fans were all treating us really well. So. Oh, they are. They're like my least. That was my least favorite home game every other year. For whatever reason, it was the, they scheduled us to be A&M's uh, cross-divisional partner. We're geographically the two schools that are farthest away from each other. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, they come up and just, I don't know. It's not like they're, like, complete assholes. They're just, I don't know. I've never had a good time hosting the A&M crowd. They were probably bullying you. Like, this kid sucks. <laughs> All right, Peyton, finish this off strong, buddy. Thank God for your fourth pick. Yeah, you know, I, I could be cliche here and I could say the shoe, but uh, I'm not going to do that. I am going to say Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, that place, I'll never forget, man. The first third down of that game, I couldn't even hear myself think. It was the loudest I'd ever been in the stadium. I, I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't communicate to anybody. Uh, and back to your point about nice fans. They were uh, the nicest people after we beat them. Just uh, congratulating you and giving you handshakes and fist bumps and asking for towels and wristbands. Um, that was a cool experience. And, uh, yeah, that was as loud as I've ever heard a football stadium get. I feel like of all the places that you mentioned, I feel like Nebraska would have been, like, the place with, like, promote like the worst fans possible like just in the middle of the air. man all right well they're so bad now that they're just they have no choice to be, be nice like <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah. like south carolina <laughs> yeah, pretty much I'm, I'm i'm not gonna lie i think uh i think you got to see tito as a fan the fact that he didn't say the shoe at ohio state this. I've never been to a home game there. You're a loser, dude. Do you do you know how even I've been to a game? Tickets there? Even I've I'm been not, to a game at the shoe. I went to the Big Ten Championship last year, but I've never been to a home game. This man basically cried when Clemson beat Ohio State, but yet he has never been to a home game at his now school. Easier. Imagine if XU suddenly started a football program and then beat you four straight years in basketball and then beat you in football. I watched South Carolina lose to Clemson for three years down there, and then I switched schools, and they followed me and kicked – well, I didn't kick the shit out, but they beat us in a playoff team. was terrible. That's my honorable mention shit list. The, ent- the entrance at Clemson Stadium is the best overrated thing ever. Take that with a grain of salt, but I was working on the field <laughs> their senior night when they played South when we played up there, and uh, it was Dexter Lawrence's senior night, and I couldn't have been more underwhelmed with the production. I was expecting, like, I don't know, I was expecting to be blown away, and it was just not, like, it was very quiet, slow, like, didn't really, didn't get the juices going doesn't take much to get to your work done. All right, so that's going to do it for us uh, on episode number 24 of Tailgates and Harvard, presented by Section 513. Uh, we're going to give a huge thank you uh, to, to Peyton for coming on. on to us. It, was, it was great getting to catch up with you. Um, I hope the uh, draft process goes well for you. Uh, you know you have some of the biggest fans in the world uh, cheering you on at your pro day from uh, Tailgates and Harvard. Yeah, I'm straight. Appreciate it, boys. Thank you.
All right, everybody, that is going to wrap it up for us. So, uh, you know the drill. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review, and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys later on. Here's the Bengal crawling, mean and angry. Here he comes, the crawling, mean and hungry, and offensive brutes. But that's our boots, and defensively he's rough. Top, Cincinnati Bengals, that's the team we're gonna cheer to victory.